every life has a story. And every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story. They are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We met at a pastor's uh, luncheon and prayer meeting. And later on, I found out that we shared the same building, even though in different eras. We had a lot more in common. We were part of romantic languages. We <laughs> spoke a similar language, not exactly the same language. But we have, we have the same faith and we have the same connections. And uh, I just wanted to get to know him a lot better. And tonight here at Kingdom Stories from Down Under, I have the privilege of having Pastor Morris Velasquez from El Salvador, but now here in Australia for quite a number of years. Welcome to the show. Okay, thank you for this opportunity to be in this place. I'm so happy and so honored to, to be invited. Uh, I'm so, so happy to be in this place. So for people who don't know where El Salvador is in Central America, give them a little bit of geography yes. lesson. Yeah, when the people ask me that, always I, I point Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> yeah, so Mexico. So it's Mexico, then it's Guatemala, then it's El Salvador. Okay. Where and then we, Costa Rica or Panama? Oh, there is Honduras, Honduras, uh, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama. All and it's around. getting tighter and tighter yes. down the bottom. We we are the more the more little small country in all the continent. Oh, it's the smallest El Salvador. The smallest, yes, but uh, with a big population. Big you know, population. A, a lot of people living there. Yes. How many people in El Salvador? At this stage, I think about a million. But uh, we have uh, a lot overseas, like uh, in, in USA, we have uh, like uh, one million. Wow. Yeah. Not so many in Australia, though. Oh, in Australia, it's a lot. Yeah? Yes. There's Wonderful. a lot of Salvadorians in Australia. Yeah. It's great. In Perth, how many? Do you know? Um, I think maybe, maybe there are 5,000, 3,000 okay. within them. Yes. Nice. It's a, a lot. Of and you've been here since 1990? 1990, yes. How did you make it across? Was it easy or very difficult? Uh, was uh, some kind of easy and difficult at the same time because uh, we have a civil war in our country mm -hmm. for near 12 years. So during the time, the United Nations opened the program to yes. people to leave the country. So we had to apply, yes. and then the, after we applied for that, it took uh, six months to leave my country. And then, the, you know, everything was just coming to here. Yes, the government of Australia uh, bring us as a refugee to this country. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. It's good. Well, not wonderful they had to leave your own country, but wonderful that you had the opportunity to go somewhere. Yes, like you, know, you know, in some way, it's, um, it's sad to leave our country. Of course. But uh, when you are a parent with uh, kids, you always want the best for your kids. Of course. So when uh, I saw what was happening in my country, yes, I feel something in my heart that say you need to leave the place. Yeah. So we did everything in our, in our force to leave my country. Now, after we can say uh, we come in 1990, near 30, 30, 30, 32 years. Now I see what is happening in my country and say, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in this country. Yeah. 
Wonderful. Yeah, because I see my kids now with the yeah. family, married. Now I have grandkids and they're happy. And, they, and now this, I, I see the opportunities that they have today. Yes. S saying, okay, what happened in my country? Will be possible the same? No, because there's a lot of problems in all these years. Mm. Yeah. How was it growing up in El Salvador? Oh, yes, it's uh, wonderful in some way. Did you way. grow up in a city or in a village? It was in the city. Yes, exactly in the capital city, in the center of the city. What's it, what's it called? It's San Salvador. San Salvador. San Salvador. If I, you know, if I want to go to the town, yes, 10 minutes walking. Okay. In a, in a high rise, in buildings, in a No, it was houses. House. Houses. You know, there's not much in <clears throat> in a country. There's not much buildings because we have a lot of earthquakes. Yeah. Very often, so there is not many of them. But uh, we have a lot of houses. A lot uh, brick, of houses. Uh, usually brick or concrete. It's a uh, concrete. Concrete. A, a lot of steel. A lot of steel because you know so many airplanes the whole time. Yeah, I've seen a lot of footage from Haiti. Obviously, uh -huh. Haiti is over the bay. Yeah. But um, yeah, yes. I, I know how they build it just for that strength. You know, the last time when the, I was there, I was a big earthquake. Uh, you know, a building that was eight floors yes. collapsed. Oh. I was working in the street and then I feel like uh, somebody grabbed me from, from my shoulders and shook me like that for 50 seconds or more. Wow. Oh, then, then you see, you know, smoke, people shouting. Uh, something, you know, I was in the market. How old were you? Huh? How old were you? I think it was um, 24, 23. But I was in the, in the market and then I saw the people, when that happened, the people come in the knees I said, please, God, help me. I started help praying. God. You know, was not shame, you know, <laughs> spoken to God. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. When the need comes, people are crying out to mm -hmm. God. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 so what's your earliest uh, childhood memory? Three, four? Oh, I remember many things. Three, four years old. Uh, I grew up with my, my grandma. I remember taking the bottle. Yeah. You know, the was a, a small kid that uh, was so happy. You know, I think my, my childhood was so happy in our country. Where were your parents? Oh, my parents, uh, my mother just died like, yeah, in my, in my country. Uh, my dad is, is still there. Yes. No, but when, why did you grow up with your mom or your grandmother? Oh, because, you know, issues between the, the parents. So uh, I grew up, uh, my dad lived with my grandmother, so he took me with okay. her. But in some way it was a blessing because uh, my grandmother have a faith on God. Yes. She was a believer. Okay. So in some way I grew up, you know, learning about God. Yeah. If I, in the other way, if I grew up with my mom, would be my life would be totally different. A Catholic, but not really a believer. Yes, yes, because in my country, everybody during, almost is during that time, during that time, you see, 80s or 70s was 99% Catholic. But now, something big ha ha happened over there. It's yeah. a lot. The, the Christian church is growing so much. We'll get to that in a moment. Yes, yes. So you grew up in, in, uh, in the city, uh, a lot mm. of activity, playing mm. football, soccer. Yes. Number really one, well. Number really one. well. Yes, I play uh, as a goalkeeper. Oh, wonderful. I like to, to play that. And yes, we play everywhere. 
you play in the streets. Yes. You know, when the cars come, everyone, okay, stop, stop. stop. Yeah. And then the car go, and then it's like, yeah. Play, on play concrete, on paper, everywhere. Anywhere, it doesn't everywhere. Matter. We play everywhere. And then sometimes we play for, for like uh, five cents. Yeah. Everyone put five cents, the other team put five cents. And so the winner, they, win they take all. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, very good. Was it hard to get a proper soccer ball? Uh, we can buy a plastic one. If uh, you have the proper proper one, yeah. you will be very popular. Uh, <laughs> Everyone wants you in the team. Yeah, mm -hmm. they uh, they were rare and very expensive, weren't they? They was everywhere, but it's expensive. Yeah. No easy to, to buy one, and then you know, depending on the on the parents, there's some in in the El Salvador there is a big gap. Yeah, poor people and rich people. Back in Romania, a good football was worth two days of my father's job, mm -hmm. two days' work. Yeah. It's like, you know, $400 here. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, the like value, the, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Comparative. Yeah. Yeah, so remember. it was impossible to buy. A, yes, I remember know. my dad, somebody gave one to him, and he, he gave it to me, and then I take to the park to play. So everyone wants to, to play with me. Of course. And remember one day one kid tried to, to take from me and running, and everyone was running. To get it, uh, the, the kid because it was uh, stealing the, the wall from for, yeah. for us. Yes, it was value. Yes, but uh, was good, good times. School, oh, the school was good too. A lot you of know, fun. Yes, you know, in El Salvador, the school is different. Uh, we start at seven o'clock or seven thirty, and in the we morning. finish yeah by twelve. Yeah, because it's also hot and humid. Ah, uh, no, exactly. Um, it's uh, in in mainly most of El Salvador is uh, very good. You know, it's no thirty two the maximum. Yeah. We never use any yampa. Yeah, yes. it's always it's warm. So cold. Yeah, no, it's nice the whole Subtropical. time. Subtropical. Yes, like that. Yes, but in another part, yes, it's so hot. But uh, in the capital city, it's cooler. Right yeah. Is the capital in the uh, on the coast or is it in the mountains? No, in the mountain, it's like a valley. Uh, because like a bay? Yes, because... A valley. Valley, yes. Valley, yeah. Because uh, if uh, we want to travel to to the sea, maybe in car, maybe take half an hour. Okay. Yeah, but uh, yes, it's a place that um, in in the time also the, of the Indians, the people original who lived there, were called the Valley of Hammocks, you know, because yeah. they move out a lot. It yeah. was so many earthquakes. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes, happened like that. What's uh, El Salvador uh, um, popular for, uh, apart from the food? And uh, uh, is there a special uh, geographical location or a tourist location? Yes. Uh, in the past, what the coffee? Coffee. We, in, I think in the 70s, 60s, we were number three in the world. In the production exporting of coffee. coffee yes exporting coffee but uh what happened with the political things that happened in the country that is finished then now now in this moment is for surfing surfing yes there is a as it's called a surfing city yeah oh it's a place that now is many tourists and then the another thing is because they're the bitcoin because they accept the bitcoin as a currency currency of the country. So there is a, a lot, lot of things saying, okay, it's good. I've never seen so no, El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as their currency? Yes. So they don't have a local currency anymore? Yeah, the, both. 
Okay. We're working both with the dollar, American dollar, okay, and the Bitcoin. So everyone, no, local, no local currency anymore. Yeah, the American. Oh yes, because many years ago, I think it was in the nineties, uh, they changed the local uh, uh, money was called Colón, like a Cristobal Colón, Christopher yeah, Colón, Colón. So they decide say, okay, no, we're going to read out that, and we're going to have a dollars in our country. So. Oh. So they have a dollars and now they have Bitcoin. Wow. Yes. So the price would have gone up a lot because they oh, changed. Yeah. So but when they changed, yeah. it was a lot. Doubled of, overnight yes. almost. Yeah, they would, you know, in some way for us, it was just looking what happened from here. Yeah. We were nowhere over there because, yes, as during that time, you know, some families say they have a lot of problems, you know, in the change, the, yeah. the price they lost of money. the scene. Yes. Different. And uh, growing up, any siblings, brothers or sisters? Yes, uh, yes, one sister. Older, younger? Uh, is uh, younger. <clears throat> and she stayed with you as well? Or no, with the no, mom? no, we were separate. She grew up with my mom. And you grew up with your yes. dad? <clears throat> and now she's living in the USA. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was, but it's a blessing. So you went to church with grandma? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, what church? Uh, Baptist, Pentecostal, Charismatic, uh, Evangelical? Ah, my, my traveling in the churches is from very far, far to the other far. O sea, but, but what the saying is that uh, it's called apost it's called apostles and prophets. Oh. Yes, it's a church, very, very realistic church. Yes. That all the ladies uh, cover the heads. Scarves. Yes, and uh, long, long dresses. Yes. And uh, you have to be all the, as a man, you have to all the, all the time be like that. No jewelry, no mustache. Yeah. It was very like that. Then after that, uh, after when I was uh, eight, nine years old, we went to Pentecostal church. Yes. With my dad. Yeah. And uh, that was the church that uh, my whole life, uh, I met my wife there until we came to Australia. How were your teenage years? Did you misbehave? Yes. Did you get off the track? Not really, because uh, all the time I want to obey. Because I grew up at the church. Something that I can say, the, the gospel, the Bible, helped me a lot as yes. a young man. So I tried to avoid any problem. Tried to live for God, serve God. You know, I remember even from maybe... 11, 12 years, I started teaching in the Sunday school. Yeah. Always. Wow. In, always. That in, early. Yes. Yes. Because, uh, you know, it was an opportunity for everyone. Yes. And so, you know, because I grew up all the time in the Sunday school, learning and uh, for the Bible, I think I was gifted to learn about the Bible and then gifted to teach it to the kids. Did you, was there a moment when you surrendered to the Lord, when you oh, yes, repented? Yes. yes. You know, I have been the whole time in the church. Yes. But I remember maybe it was 10 years old or 11 years old. I was listening to my pastor preaching. And then I started to feeling that I, I, I am a sinner. Yes. Feeling that uh, I have been very bad with God. Yes. I feel like uh, something heavy in my heart. I started to cry. When I was crying, the pastor started to say, okay, if, if anyone wants to receive Jesus, but I was, you know, all the time, you know, praying, but said, no, I feel shame to go out. Yes. 
Then that come one friend and say, hey, Maurice, what happened? And say to him, I want to receive Jesus. Yes. The, the, the meeting has finished, but uh, he took me to the front and said to the pastor, pastor he wants to receive Jesus. And then when they start to pray, to pray for me, I start to cry, cry. And then uh, after repeat the prayer, I feel like I was walking on the air. I feel that everyone was so lovely, that uh, everything was new. I feel uh, a change in my life at that day. Beautiful. Yes. That's amazing. We're so good, yes. And uh, when did you experience the Holy Spirit feeling? Oh, yes. Um, it was um, maybe three or four years later. Mm -hmm. I remember that uh, the youth uh, from my church went to the country next to us, Guatemala. And then my dad said, no, you can go over there. Okay. I stay at the church. So when they come back, they come back, you know, totally different. I say, what happened over there? They say, you know, we were in the car. We were singing and then the Holy Spirit come in the car and then everyone, you know, started to shout, speaking tongues, uh, praying, crying. But I say, how it happened that? Because I, I see something different in them. They, they were, when the, they were watching God, I saw that the presence of God was in them when the in the pray in the uh, youth meeting I saw when they preached was something different and then I say I want that yeah. I want that and then I start to Lord please allow me to have that and then so many people come to pray for me yeah. and didn't receive anything then I was so frustrated about that and I say Lord why I not receiving everyone yeah. is receiving what is I not receive so I remember was a night time. I was I was so so sad because I saying, Lord, you forgot about me. Mm. Why all my friends now speak tongues, preach? Uh, I want to do that. Yeah. And then when I was praying, I feel that the power of God come upon me mm -hmm. like a like a fire, like a electricity to my body. Yes. And then I start to speak tongues. Wow. And then after that, you know. I feel something different in my life. Mm. Uh, I asked, I asked to my leader, I say, no, I want to preach. <laughs> that was good. Wow. You know, something happened during that time. I feel the desire to share the gospel with someone. Yes. I went to a park and there was a man alone in a bench. And then I started to say, look, can you allow me to, to a few minutes? I want to share about Jesus. And the man said, okay, come over here, sit yes. over here. When I was sit very close to him, to him, he take a, like a knife. I put over here, say, okay, but yes. first give me your wallet. Oh, you know, uh, then I give my wallet, the, the man ran. I said, okay, Jesus, I want to share about you. See what happened. But, uh, well, was, you, you know, it's scary, but I say, thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. How did you meet your wife? Was at the church. She was part of the youth group. Yes. So when the, she came for the first time, uh, I said, oh, you have something different. Yes. Yes, and then the, we start to become friends. How old were you? Uh, now? No, then. Ah, uh, then. I think it was 14 years old. That early? Yes. You've known her for that long? Yes, 14 years old. 
and we we get married about uh, when we were 18, 19 years old. Yes, and uh, you know, it was something that um, we start to become friends, friend, friend, and then, uh, you know, I was so, you know, um, we I want her. So, yeah. And I, I started to write down in my list of, of requests to the Lord, Lord, because my wife, the name is Daisy. I said, Lord, I want that Daisy become my wife. Yes. Help me, Lord. Yes. So, but the day when we got married, I showed her the nuts. And they say, oh, yeah, you want to see what happened here? <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. So, what did you do as a career? You finished high school? Yes. Uh, and then? I finished high school as a, an accountant, but uh, at the same time, because you know, something I always love is to study the Word of God. Yeah. So, you know, always I dream to become a, a teacher yes. of the Word of God. So, uh, what happened is uh, because in my country, you know, go to study to the Bible college is not like a uh, could say now you get a profession that they couldn't leave yes. for from that. So my parents said, if uh, you study for pastor, how are you going to eat? Yeah, first do a career, have a career. Yes, first. but uh, what why I did have both things at the same time. Yes, then I realized it was too much. Mm. So I have finished only just two years in the in the Bible school, but I finished my my other career as an accountant. Yes, I was working for the Mercedes Benz in my, in my country. Mm. Yes, as an accountant. Yes, yes. Wonderful. Yeah, before to come to Australia. And what was Daisy doing? Oh, Daisy was working in a retailing, like uh, David Jones, yes. but uh, in my country. Nice. Yes, uh, we have uh, three kids. Very early in life, you know. Yeah. Before of twenty years old, we have uh, three kids. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, it's good. It's biblical. <laughs> Yes, no, it was a big blessing for us. Yes. And what are the uh, boys, girls? I have two boys and one girl. Their names? Uh, the, the eldest is Giovanni. Yeah. My daughter is Raquel. And then the young one is uh, Josue, that means Joshua. Joshua. Yes. And are they all married now? Yes, with kids. And you have grandkids? Yes, eight grandkids. Did they marry Spanish girls or Latino girls? Uh, only yes, my daughter. But uh, my, my boys with the Australians. They married one is, yes, one is Italian, Australian. Yeah. And your daughter married a Latino boy. Uh, yes, the same country, El Salvador. Yeah. Whom, he met, whom she met here. Yes, at the church. Oh, wonderful. wonderful. Yes, at the church. Yeah. So, um, how old were you when you migrated to Australia? 20 something? 25. 25. 25, yes. So, by then, things were quite difficult. There was a civil war in El Salvador. Yes, we had to leave. We have a we, something called the last offensive. Yeah. They want to take the capital city. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that uh, one night was Friday night. You know, I was watching the Rambo movie. Yes. And then, you know, I started hearing shootings around me. Yes. I said, oh, maybe it's a surrounding system around. Yes. But the shooting was real. Yes. And then, you know, all night, you know, the guerrilla against the army. Yes. Then the next day, the whole day. Yes. Then the next day, you know, we were inside the house 
and they're very worried because of the kids. Mm. So I trying to go to my um, my parents' house it was impossible to leave the house. Yes, because it was you know soldiers everywhere. And who were they? Are they uh, the rebels came from the forest from the local people, a different party, or indigenous or no? Mainly, mainly was people from universities. From, from universities, yes, uh, going against the government. Yes, because uh, many years before the work was started to do it uh, in the University of El Salvador, was uh, some was called the theology of liberation. Mm -hmm. Yes, it came from the university, also from the people on the the other part of the country, so that they they come all together to the capital city, trying mm -hmm. to take the city. Wow! And where did they have arms from? They bought them. Oh, Russia! I believe that, <laughs> I believe this was a connection with the neighbors, like Cuba, yes. and Nicaragua, mm -hmm. and El Salvador. Because Cuba was communist, and so was yes. Nicaragua. Nicaragua, yes. Yeah. When the Sandinists went uh -huh. to El Salvador, they were very close. El Salvador was also communist well, at some mm. stage. No, exactly. We can, maybe it was socialist, dictatorial. Yeah. Though. Uh, what happened? The, the war is because um, was like um, they call the twelve families that control the country. Yes the power, everything, and then, you know, the people say, you know, we need to change. Yes. But sometimes, you know, the change is no change of the system. I think that we need to change the heart. Because right. So was there a lot of poverty? Yes. A lot of poverty. A lot of poverty. Yes. That, I think that is the main problem because the people work so hard, but they have nothing to eat. Was there, were there factories and the, there was industry? Yes, we so there was a, work. Yes, it was was work, but uh, the thing is, uh, they don't pay too much. Yeah, the value wasn't there. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. Yes. there was an imbalance. Yeah, and then you see the difference between some people, you know, with the big cars, big houses, and then the other side people they have living uh, houses of, of I don't know, was, they put everything they can put in the in the top of the house and live close to the rivers that they are contaminated and when raining like that all the water comes inside the house. Yeah. Was there a, uh, was, were they producing cocaine as well, opium like Colombia? No, no. Not so much. That, I think that was no uh, problem. Maybe the main problem was, uh, you know, people with the alcohol. Yeah. Yes, I think that is the main problem over there. Now I don't know because so many years away from my country, but during that time, yeah. it was not much. It's because of poverty, they, they drank, so they yeah. take, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And when you landed here, did you land in Perth or in Sydney yeah. or Melbourne? Yeah, no. Why did you choose Perth? Ah, because you knew somebody? Yes, uh, my sister-in-law okay. lived here before, yes. Okay. Yes, that was the reason. So what sort of work did you do when you came here? Did you know English or you had to study English? No, I had to learn English. Okay. I had to learn English. Uh, for the first two years, we were studying English because uh, my goal was to become an accountant here. Yes. So I, I enrolled in TAFE to do all the courses that I need to do. But then at the same time come the call to serve the God. God. Yes. So I had to Juggle. do that, yes. Because uh, at the beginning I was working for 
Social Security that now is Centralink. Yes. Yes, I was part of the overpayment group. Oh, so you worked within the Centralink? Yes. In, in yes. Social Security? Yes. A couple of years. Yeah. Oh, nice. And what did your wife do? Uh, my wife, uh, yes, uh, she was working for Princess Margaret Hospital for many years. As a carer or? No, no, no. As, uh, I think it was assistant in the laboratory. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So she developed that qualification here. She went to TAFE. No, no, no. She came. Just have an opportunity to work there oh, with, wow. a, with a friend and then it just opened up. It was a blessing. Blessing from that. And you stepped into ministry when you came to Australia, more into full-time ministry or? No, in the first two years, but um, later, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you established a church or you? No. You know what happened in the church um, when the, we came in 1990, the church was starting. So it was another pastor for the first two years. So this, this was a Spanish church? Yes. Yes. Well, is it mainly Latino, Spanish, or Spanish from all over? Yeah, because what happened? We call it Spanish church. Yeah. But we have no one from no Spain. Spain. <laughs> no yeah. one from Spain. From all Latin American countries. So Chile, yeah. Brazil. Uh, yes, yes. Like uh, at the moment, we have uh, El Colombia. Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, uh, Chile, Colombia, Venezuela, Peru, Argentina. Uruguay, yeah. yes, the main nations. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, you, you connected with the uh, Spanish church and you began working there as a volunteer, as a pastor, assistant pastor, or? No, as a part of, yeah, part I of think the I, team. As a leader, as, as a leader of the church, yes. Uh, because of what happened, you know, at the moment the church were doing the same. During the 1990s, uh, every week come people from my country. To, to here to Osborne Park was called the Hancourt's place it was a big building there. So what happened during that time the church when the, we know or the pastor know that people from our countries come they went to airport to help them. everyone and then make the connection. Yes. Then uh, they start to organize a welcoming party like I remember when we come to Australia uh, we come like uh, yesterday today. We have a, a something special, like a, they, they receive with food from our countries. Welcome, party. yes, welcome as part. Then the next, the next weekend, they take us for a picnic to know Australia, to know oh, the, beautiful. The, yes, um, in some way, because what happened when you come to a country like that, you feel the difference. Sure, you feel, you know, we are happy in some way, but we feel fear. Yeah, because I remember when that was you didn't know. Yes, when we come from the airport to see everything, you know, say, oh, wow, what are we doing here? Because people in our country say, don't go to Australia. Why? Because over there you want to eat or kangaroo the whole day. Ah. They just, we take you to the desert. <laughs> so we come, you know, happy. So, you know, in the corner of here in, is the one road. Yes. We saw the McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Oh, ah, I know that. Yes. So the church was so important for us during that time. Yeah. Uh, where was the meeting at the time? Glendale or Osborne Park? Uh, we started in a building uh, for a couple of months in Osborne Park. Then from there, we come to this building here. Okay. Yes. Which is our church at the moment. And then you moved to your kind. No, then we moved to North Perth. 
Okay. We were there. Then we went to Jokain uh, United Church. It didn't exist anymore for many years, in 12 years over there. Then from there, we went to Nolamara Church of Christ. Yes. For, I don't know, maybe 10 years over there. Wow. Then now we are Jokain Baptist Church. Nice. Mm -hmm. Because the church now have uh, 32 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you never bought, you never got established to, to buy a property? No. No, because what happened that uh, in the way that we work, we have a people who come to, to yes. our church, but they, they establish and they go to other places. Yeah. The church become too far for them to come to us. Yes. So they move out, they get established mm -hmm. in other churches. So it's a lot of movement, a lot of yes. transition. And then the immigration stopped. Yeah. No more. So we start to work with the people who are here. Yes. In some way, we are missionaries in this country. In this country, yeah. Trying Same. to reach people. Yeah. But something amazing happened last year. Urban missionaries. Yes. Last year, started to come new migrants from Latin American yes. countries. Yes. So we start to do the work again. Yeah. Went to the hotels, getting yes. them, helping them. And then I remember for Christmas, we did a big party for Christmas party for all the kids there. Wonderful. Yes, you know, because we pass through that way, we have the same experience. Yeah. We feel in our heart how they feel. So yes. we open our arms, yeah. and now we are helping them to establish, you know, we take our car, we, we take so many people in our car, you know, from the place they live yeah. to, to the church. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. That is truly beautiful. Yes, yes. What's Daisy doing at the moment? What's, what's your wife doing at the moment? At the moment, at home. Yeah, yes, at home. She's looking after grandkids? Uh, during the day, yes. <laughs> now trying to relax. Yeah. <laughs> and in the season, you are fully committed with the church. Is that a full-time position at the moment? Yes, it has been for the last, you can say, 30 years now. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And... Uh, what will the next season bring you? What do you foresee? Yes. Uh, what happened, you know, in the, as a pastor of the church, I have seen many generations coming and going. So during that time, I felt like uh, David, yes. trying to conquest the land, trying to establish Jerusalem, yeah. everything. Now I come on a season that I have many projects in my life. I saw my, more clearly what the Lord wants to do, but now I'm saying, no, it's my work to do it. Yes. Like David, I need to prepare all the planes, all the gold, everything for the next generation. Now I see myself as a coach. Yes. Trying to raise somebody else with the feeling of teaching. Yeah. Uh, trying to you know, take the level of the people to a maturity. Mm -hmm. Because uh, I feel myself that uh, we are living a season that this has so many things happening around. Yeah. And then, uh, like uh, yesterday, was we were celebrating our 32 anniversary. Yes. And uh, we were talking about the book of Isaiah 61, about the arise, shine, I was saying the church is a time that, that we need to do that. Not only us inside the church, yeah. we need to do that in our family. 
Yes. In our community. Yes. Yes, a church in here inside. We need to arise. We need to to shine, to, to show the, the light of Jesus to everyone because mm. the time is so different. So but that way, you know, I feel in my heart is a season of preparing the new generation. Wow. That is absolutely beautiful. Um, do you have a team that you've already built up? Do you have disciples? Do you have a, a, a group that you're working with at the moment? Yes, uh, we have a group of le leaders that work with me the whole time. Yes. But you know, when the, you are for so long, long time, everyone waiting on you the whole time, saying, yes. okay, you are the leader, you are like uh, the patriarch of the yes. church. Yes. And that sometimes is difficult to lose. That's because right. if sometimes, you know, for us, when we see somebody, okay, you are going to do that, and then you see the person doing that and then oh he's going to make a mistake oh i'm going to get a mistake but so it's you know you you have the opportunity to leave them to make mistakes because it's the yeah. best way to teach yeah because i have i have a very ways of teaching i remember once i took a, a team of 12. i start to to teach every week every Thursday night yes teaching about everything but at the end, in a couple of years, most of them left the church. Oh, say, okay, what happened? So now my approach is uh, trying to see, to identify the people with the gift and yes. then trying to establish a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them work with me in the leadership team, others yes. not. Yes. But in the same way, we were working together. And you're coaching them personally. You're, yes, you're, like a one-to-one. -one. Yeah. Yes. Raising them up. Mm -hmm. Yes. I find out this an, another way because sometimes you, I personally, I like to teach in a room. Yes. I, I enjoy to teach. Yeah. But uh, when I saw the results, I sometimes feel good when I, you teach by saying, okay, you want to come uh, have a coffee with me? Yeah. It's more powerful. Yeah. Then I see different results. Mm -hmm. And your children, are they all serving the Lord? Yes. Uh, my daughter at this moment is working with the youth. Yeah. Yes. In your church? Yes, at the church. Oh, wonderful. Yes. We are working at the moment with the Jokan Baptist Church. Uh, we mix the, the, Jew, the young from them. And also there is a church that is a Sudanese church. Yes. So we are now we work together, the three teams. Yes. And then we have a wonderful result. When when do you guys meet? Uh, every every fortnight on Fridays, seven a.m. seven p.m. Maybe we should bring some of our young people there because they're looking for a connection. We we don't have that many, and I think sometimes it's good to work yeah, with other yeah. churches. You know what happened because because um, the Yokai Baptists and also the Sudanese have not many young people, but we we have a lot because all the new migrants that yes. just come. So when we come, you know, we put the resources together, yeah. something could happen. Of course. Yes. We have to do it, okay, like to put away, you know, we are Spanish or you are, we are Pentecostals, you are Baptists, we can work together. No, we leave that things aside. Yeah. Something good, wonderful is happening. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. I think, I think uh, Australia is beautiful from that sense that 
it is such a melting pot. There's so many um, ethnicities, so many people coming together, and even with different backgrounds, mm -hmm. uh, but they can all focus on the Lord and on the things that are common, and uh, they lead us home. And I think it's beautiful. This is a, uh, an amazing example of yeah. somebody doing it in, in the community and, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. doing it well. Yeah, you know, because uh, uh, we understand what, what, why the reason because I'm here in, in, in Australia. Yeah. yeah I, can, I can be in my country. Yeah. But I understand it was not for making money, but it's for, you know, to, to be like a bridge for things like that happen. Yeah. So something beautiful is happening in that young generation yeah. because, you know, I have I have seen like a couple of generations in the church. Yes, some of them have succeeded. Yes, and others have been defeated, totally defeated. That's right. So I think uh, we have to do something with the young generation because if uh, we failed in that part, I don't know what happened for our future. That's right. No, I love this massive responsibility you you've sort of. Uh, taken on. Yes. You feel the responsibility, you feel the weight of the call of God on your life. And I believe the next season will be a beautiful season yes. for you. Like uh, my eldest son, yes. he's not helping at the moment at the church 100%, but he's helping that. Wonderful. Because uh, what I normally do, like uh, when come, you know, the, the, the time of quarantine, yes. for me was a surprise. We have no camera, we have nothing, but yes. I say to the church, okay, prepare because during the week we're going to, to have something. Yes, but I don't know. I don't to do, and then my, my son come. Hey, Dad, I have a, a, a professional camera. I have a microphone. I have everything. I'm going to help you to do everything. Beautiful. So he's you can say behind the line, but helping a lot. Even today, helping a lot. Praise God. Mm -hmm. You've raised beautiful children. Yes, yeah. The other one is is far away at the moment. For me, it's far away, but it's in other line. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. That's all right. Yeah. He's, he's a missionary there. God sent him there for a reason, yeah. for sure. There's a reason, yes. You've deposited a lot into him as well. Yes. And it will come to fruition. Thank you so much for sharing your life story and uh, also sharing your heart here at Kingdom oh, Stories yeah. from yes. Belanda. What a beautiful story. What a massive inspiration to us. Uh, Australia is full of migrants and we are migrants as well. The Lord has called us here for a purpose which is greater than us, not just to have a comfortable lifestyle or to enjoy the beautiful beaches and the comfort and the abundance and the wealth that Australia offers, the prosperity here. We have a role to impact the nations that the Lord has brought here. And uh, Pastor Morris and Rona Crew Daisy, his wife, together with his wife Daisy and his children, are influencing the society here and are ministering as urban missionaries. And I believe we have the same responsibility and we should assume this responsibility, take on the mantle and the assignment the Lord has given us and go into the community and bring the message of Christ. I pray that this story inspires you to go about doing that call of God on your life. And we look forward to seeing you next time at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. I am Nathaniel Costilla. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.